Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. We're now a month and a half into the Supreme Court's new term, and it wasn't supposed to be an especially momentous one for energy issues. But it looks like a conventional wisdom may have gotten that wrong. Two cases are now catching a lot of attention. One about EPA's authority over greenhouse gas emissions from power plants, and one about potential lingering liability that Volkswagen could face for its major emissions cheating scandal that came to light a few years ago. I think the Supreme Court is starting to dive into some more policy fights that it had been avoiding before, but now we're a year into the conservative justices having a 6-3 majority, and so we're seeing a little bit of a different world. Today, my colleague Alex Guillen explains the two recent Supreme Court moves that are capturing the attention of the energy world. It's Tuesday, November 16th. So tell us a little bit more about that first one that came down, what, the night before the big UN climate summit in Glasgow was set to get started? What happened was earlier this year, actually the day before Joe Biden was sworn in as president, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals struck down the Affordable Clean Energy Rule. That was the Trump EPA's version of the Clean Power Plan, or replacement of the Clean Power Plan, that is. And it was much more restricted than the Clean Power Plan. It it stuck to just sort of making potential efficiency improvements at coal plants and would have achieved significantly less emissions reductions than a more expansive plan would. The court struck that rule down, and what we have now are a number of Republican-controlled states and a couple of coal companies that have appealed to the Supreme Court and asked them to step in. It's a little unusual because we're in this odd situation where the prior administration's rule was struck down, and a new administration from a different party, of course, sort of accepted that ruling and had that rule vacated and is now working on a replacement rule. And normally the Supreme Court does not get involved in that kind of thing and lets uh, the executive branch work that sort of thing out. So a lot of people had not expected the Supreme Court to take up these appeals, but a little bit surprisingly it did. That sent some shockwaves around the climate law world, but it uh, is also seen as an indicator that the justices want to settle the question of the scope of EPA's authority when it comes to power plants. So basically whether the Biden administration can write a more expansive rule or whether it's going to be stuck to what are called inside the fence line measures. And so they accepted that case. It'll be argued probably in February or March, and I would expect a ruling in June. So, I mean, that case seems to get at the heart of questions about EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gases from power plants. And that is, of course, something that's pretty central to the Biden administration's plans for decarbonizing the grid. So what does this mean for the Biden administration's efforts to regulate in this important way? This is easily the most important climate and environmental case that the Supreme Court has taken up since they ruled in 2007 that EPA does have the authority to regulate greenhouse gases. That was a landmark ruling, but all they did was say EPA has authority, not what the scope of that authority is. Because, of course, in order to combat climate change, greenhouse gas emissions will eventually have to be down to, you know, net zero or something like that. So you can't just sort of do a 5% reduction on power plant emissions and call it a day. So this will be the case that puts a lot more definition on the scope of EPA's authority, on power plants at least. 
It's not clear at this point. It looks like uh, this won't affect things like EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from cars. It doesn't look like it'll necessarily affect other stationary industries that EPA already regulates or is considering regulating. One of the big contentious things here is that the electric power sector operates very differently from other major industrial emitting sectors. So the Obama administration and now the Biden administration are arguing that that means it should be regulated a little differently from everybody else. So this is the question the Supreme Court will be tackling here. Hmm. Okay. And then on Monday, the justices declined to take up another set of closely watched cases relating to the Volkswagen emissions scandal from a few years back. Can you remind us what that was all about and then how this new litigation fits in? Yeah. So back in 2015, EPA was tipped off that Volkswagen had basically been cheating on emissions requirements for diesel vehicles that it sold in the U.S., almost 600,000 of them over a multi-year period. EPA discovered it in 2015, and basically what Volkswagen did was they installed software on their newly sold cars that would only turn on the pollution control systems if the car detected that it was being tested in the laboratory. Otherwise, it would turn the emission control systems off, and what that did was it improved engine performance, but obviously at a major environmental cost. These cars could emit uh, something like three dozen times the amount of nitrogen oxides that they are allowed to emit. Emissions control of NOx is a big deal. So that was sort of the broad Volkswagen emissions cheating scandal that most people are pretty familiar with after the last six years. What the Supreme Court uh, declined to take up on Monday was sort of a, the very last bits of litigation that are happening here. Got it. So what exactly did justices decide on Monday then? What's at issue right now is a few lawsuits that have to deal with a specific action that Volkswagen took partly during recalls and, and partly during regular maintenance. The company had mechanics upload new software to these vehicles that improved the ability of the car to detect when it was being tested or not and to operate the pollution controls accordingly. So this brings us into a, a sort of a new area. Pre-sale certification of vehicles is something that only EPA and the federal government have authority over. But states and localities do have authority over post-sale changes to emissions control systems, what are known as anti-tampering laws. And they were really written with the idea that it would apply to mechanics or owners or anyone who bought a car and then altered it in some way, again, to improve the engine performance by bypassing the pollution control systems. But it also, in theory, can apply to an automaker who does that. And so what we're seeing now in these cases is, number one, the state of Ohio. So the Republican attorney general there is pursuing penalties against Volkswagen over, I think, about 14,000 vehicles that were sold in that state and altered. And then two counties are also doing this. Their cases have been combined. It's Hillsborough County, Florida, which is where Tampa is, so a very populous area, and Salt Lake County, Utah, so again, Salt Lake City. The penalties in these cases could rack up into a few hundred billion dollars, <laughs> which would be magnitudes more than what Volkswagen paid in penalties for everything else that had happened. Volkswagen appealed to the Supreme Court, and it asked them to overturn these uh, the couple of lower court decisions that said these lawsuits could proceed. And the Supreme Court on Monday said no. And that's very interesting to me. I had uh, sort of thought they might take it up. But this is, this is sort of an unusual issue. Um, it's not the kind of issue that breaks down along the traditional ideological lines that, that you might think of 
when we think of environmental issues. Now these cases will go back to lower courts for further proceedings. Volkswagen says it plans to vigorously fight against them, so it's entirely possible the company will emerge from this you know, without any actual liability being attached. And so we'll see how that plays out. Also, on Monday, the Interior Department said it will begin the process of banning oil and gas drilling in large swaths of Chaco Canyon in New Mexico for the next 20 years. The region in question is a 10-mile radius surrounding the Chaco Culture Park. The move from Interior Monday is a win for the state's tribal nations that consider the site sacred, but it would not affect existing valid leases or rights, and would not apply to minerals owned by private, state, or tribal entities. Lawmakers from both parties had in the past supported protecting Chaco from drilling, but remained divided as to how long those protections should last. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music on today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.